0: Love Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the cat! And Andy Pettit is a stomach pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looked like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're gonna drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get fine. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or... It's time
1: for Fanatic Radio. From Studio 111 by Radio Saigon so and some of the guys across the country on Blog like Radio, later before at dot com. This is Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. I'm your host Mike Garner, John Lee, always in a tie, Ben Florence. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. I want to thank um, all our listeners. Yeah, uh, yes, of course. We're back.
0: We're back. We're, we're first. good, <laughs> man. Right here, man.
1: We're back after Geez, about a two week hiatus Where we went to the Super Bowl We came, we saw, we conquered We fought security And we have returned Because This is, this is a special edition of Fnatic Radio We title it Catching Up on Everything Because that's literally what we're doing Two weeks have gone by, and it's been probably the busiest in sports since uh, September, October. But we have to do at least something because, you know, we have a show. We have have continuity. We have order to to restore. And by us not doing that, what are we then? Because so much has happened, not just on the sports side, but just on – Every other angle to begin with, and Flo, it seems like we've been gone for months, and we have we have literally like five days of content to catch up on. But I, I, I'm just I'm just glad that we are, are back, considering not just me, but you, a very very busy man, dealing with the nation's problems on on now a regular basis.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of problems that we got to continue to try to deal with, uh, legitimate or otherwise. But uh, yeah, it's you know what I was trying to figure out, you know, a couple hours ago. How long has it been? It's been a couple weeks at least. So uh, glad we're back.
1: Yes, this is us. This is a catching up. I apologize for food in my mouth because this this is peak dinner time for my gardener. So. You'll be uh, enjoying me through a full, a full healthy meal. But let's see, we, let's let's go let's go into the rolodex of notes. Where do we where do we begin?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: <laughs> no, know. Right. Um. Okay. So I guess I guess we'll start with the Super Bowl. Will we? Yes. Fans agree. Um. Whether they yeah. like it or not, this is this is not their show. This is our show. But we are we are the millennial show. So we we go we go pre pre we we will go we will, go pre, pre, we will, go, we will start pre Super Bowl. We go we go back in time about two weeks ago, where um out for the guy's name who I don't even remember, scrub safety cornerback for the Rams, L.A. Rams, uh, basically called Brady out and said he was not as good as he was. Patriots are easily beatable, of course. Immediately adding fuel to the fire where the Patriots. Ran the sort of underdog flag like the Philadelphia Eagles did last year, but but that led me to the question: This whole Super Bowl week, with the thousands of hours NFL Network gives these guys and the millions of press conference they have each day, Mm -hmm. is Super Bowl is Super Bowl week a, a, a wash, a mess, and is 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 the sort of quote unquote trash talking
0: kind of worthless? Knowing what we know now, yeah, in a way it is. I mean, the Super Bowl week has now been, become such a thing. You first you had the media day in the middle of the afternoon. Now they have it in prime time, so it's a total show, total spectacle. It's really not necessary media day. I mean, you know, it's, I get why they kind of control it the way they do, but it's so weird. It's become such a, a, a theatrical circus, if you will. And I don't. I think we get there are plenty of debates as to the necessity of it, the newsworthiness, if you will. Um, but yeah, the trash talking. I mean, it's. Yeah, I feel like in some cases, of course, there's always a line, but trash talk has almost kind of become like a lost art, if you will. And we don't get as certainly as much of it, and sometimes not as vicious as we used to get back in the day. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's a goofy time.
1: And, of course, that led us to the Super Bowl. lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. Flo, did you watch all of it, none of it, or some of it?
0: Uh, I did watch it. Uh, watch wasn't able to watch the whole thing because I got to um, – I went to a Super Bowl party, but I was at work, so I left work don't tell my bosses, at 6.30. Well, my out time is really 8, but uh, technically in, the, in, in our assignment sheets, I work 12.30 to 8.30, but I really work 12 to 8. But don't tell anybody. Um, so I missed the first Brady interception, which really that kind of was the highlight of the game for the Los Angeles Rams. And it was just such an awful game. I was expecting, you know, every, I don't know if we, uh, I wasn't expecting like what we saw last year, but it was such a brutal offensive game. Um, There was just really not a lot of action really at all. And New England though, ultimately throughout was, looked like the superior team. They were the superior team and the final score reflected that in the end. (laughs) Did that
1: make you upset? That's the key. That's the key what everyone is, at least post Super Bowl, is arguing because we we can say yes, the game was terrible, but from a a pure football fanatic standpoint, they loved it because of these the schemes and how Belichick basically uh, built up and tore down Sean McVay in the span of you know 80 minutes. So from a football standpoint, it had to have been great. If you're that much of a of a of an analytical football fan, or or are you gonna are we gonna debunk all those people and just say this was probably one of the worst Super Bowls ever?
0: Yeah, I agree with the latter. I it wasn't like a brilliant defensive performance, really from either side. I mean, the Patriots defense did pretty particularly well, but it wasn't like a dominant defensive struggle like we've seen in games and Super Bowls past but there was just a lot of poor execution on both sides. The Rams really, throughout the entire game, were unable to get anything going. And it was just ugly to watch. And it was a shame because last year's game was such a classic. Uh, you could make a case, as we've seen in pre- prior games, you could certainly make a case of the year before, best Super Bowl of all time. And then we got this where it's just a lot of me. Neither teams are, you know, you know, the Patriots clearly were the better team throughout, but they weren't dominant. The offense was inconsistent, uh, particularly in the first half. I mean, and then you look at the final score, it was just, you know, it was just a meh game. For better or for worse, it was a meh game.
1: Which is sad because does that, so as, we, as we recap the season, is, is meh what we defy this season, knowing that we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in the span of six months? Or was the season was the season so overhyped that everything else was just sort of a buzzkill from there on out?
0: Well, in, in in a sense, it's kind of the opposite of last year. A lot of people agreed last year the season was pretty average, not exciting. The regular season, but it was just a classic Super Bowl. And this year, we had a much better NFL regular season. And yet the Super Bowl itself was very mad. So I think, you know, do people really talk as much about the performance last season um, compared to the Super Bowl? I think the Super Bowl are arguably uh, obviously going to be the defining moment. I don't think it should be the sole moment people remember, but it's going to be hard for people to really remember some of the great stuff of this NFL season, some of the really fun offense and terrific football. What do you compare it to what we got in the Super Bowl?
1: And of course, um, at the end of the day, what, what will you remember this NFL season for? Because before we turn the page to the, uh, the 2019 season of the National Football League?
0: Well, I think really the defining thing for me, besides just a hideous performance from my beloved Green Bay Packers, but I really think that uh, the story of the season was the ultimate NFL MVP, and a young man who took the league by storm in his first full season starting, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, how much fun were, throughout the season, you can attest to this, how much fun were the Kansas City Chiefs to watch, and particularly Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes was so spectacular. It was one of the things where he got off to a hot start, and a lot of people thought, you know, he's really talented, he's got a crazy arm, and he's got just some tremendous uh, playmakers around him. Uh, that they'll be fun to watch, but I don't think they'll be as dominant later in the season because, you know, as Team C in the second time, they eventually build up more tape. But that really continued into the playoffs. And so when I think of this season, and it really would have been cool because I think a lot of people were A, tired of the Patriots, it would have been cool to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl against the Rams when they had that just offensive classic early in the season on Monday Night Football. To, it would have been really fun to see um, Mahomes end the season in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it was not to be. Uh, but that's really when I think about this season. I mean, just the breaking out of just a, a, a not not just any old, uh, just a new star, but a supremely entertaining and exciting one to watch.
1: I agree with that because um, that's just my 100% bias. But
0: the cool thing about so cool it cool. was.
1: After what we saw last year, when the, ra- when, the ra- when the ratings were down, everything was such a wash in off-field issues. This year made football actually fun to watch again, and not just and I'm not just saying the Chiefs because the Chiefs in their own right had everything drama-wise to them. And you know, mm-hmm. could anyone stop the offense? And then of course, which which we'll get to in a little bit with Kareem Hunt on the Chiefs, and then getting you know kicked off the team. <laughs> And then even in the AFC West, we're keeping it so micromanaged. The uh, those San Diego Chargers all of a sudden became this dark horse team. And then we saw the the guy who I bashed in college, Lamar Jackson, lead his team to the playoffs. We saw the the uh, the eventual collapse of the San Antonio oh, the San Antonio Spurs. The what are they called? The San the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then of course at the end of the day, we saw the Patriots win, which. Is is miraculous because we will end our Super Bowl coverage with with this before we turn the page. Um. A big, a big question that a lot of the fans have asked, Flo. And I know we we have been chopping at the bit. But who is more after ex So the Patriots win a Super Bowl again. In okay, case so those of you who live under a rock don't know what's going on. <laughs> who is more? Because we always talk about value, and that's the thing. Because as I want I want to take this this. This show, we are beyond the, the greatest of all time discussions because we are more professional and more acute with what is going on in the world to what the common man wants to know, not the, not the degenerates on the hot takes. The fan, so we have educated fans, and shout out to the fans <laughs> sending us
0: the questions. That's right.
1: Because they want to know well, who is more valuable to the Patriots team themselves, Belichick as a coach or Brady as the quarterback?
0: You know, if you were to ask me this a couple of years ago, I think I would say Brady. Uh, it's a great question. It's a tough question, but a classic one. I think now it's become Belichick because Brady has still played great, but he doesn't have the arm. He's not putting up the numbers like he used to. And this team, this is this was really one of Belichick's best coaching jobs, if not his best coaching job with the Patriots, and that includes hmm. the first Patriots team that was not particularly strong. That. Had a brilliant game plan to defeat the Rams in that Super Bowl, um, but th- this was such a classic Belichick game because they schemed so brilliantly defensively to sh- absolutely shut down a tr- a really good Los Angeles offense. Jared Goff was completely lost from beginning to end of this game. Todd Gurley wasn't able to get anything going. TJ Anderson, who's historically been a Patriots killer was not able to get anything going. The Patriots had an answer for him. We were able to get enough pressure on Jerry Goff to where he was just completely lost throughout the game. And so I think that, you know, we've seen these Patriots teams evolve over time. Those early teams were, you know, strong defense, a good running game, and Brady was obviously great. Then they became like a shootout, spread the field, three wide receiver set, multiple tight ends, uh, passing team, trying to score clubs. And now they've kind of reverted back to the initial model. A lot of focus on the run against Sonny Michelle, um, And, uh, again, a great defense. So, I think you can make I, – I would argue – you can easily make a case for Brady, but I would argue Belichick because – the schematic advantage that the Patriots have had historically over teams during this era really remains pronounced and that's very difficult to do in today's NFL.
1: I agree with you on that because it's a hundred percent Bill Belichick. That is because I I was on the side with the because quarterbacks quarterbacks, I don't know. To say that Brady Brady is not because it's, say Brady is the greatest all the time. Does so much injustice to those <laughs> who came before him because you, you immediately say that you're immediately you're merely kicking them in the nuts. Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, John Elway, you know who are your boy Favre, um, pretty much anyone else who's in the Hall of Fame that won a super, that, that, that that you know led himself to the promised land. Belichick though coaching coaching in the NFL today. Because as a quarterback, you can do so much with so little. And we saw in the Super Bowl, a million check-down throws to Julian Edelman marches you down the field to score a touchdown. But coaching is all around play. And you you hit the nail on the head. Belichick has been – the man is so scatterbrained, and we have no idea how to dissect this man. Yet his de- defense is his wheelhouse, and that's what won the Patriots the championship this year. Was mm-hmm. the god awful performance they had in Miami, and then, <laughs> in the game against Jacksonville, where everyone thought this is the end of the Patriots? They they beat the teams they had to beat, and then of course, as my as my dad told me, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even after after the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, Kansas City was a coin flip away from going to the Super Bowl. Because many people, including my dad, thought as soon as the Chiefs had won, had they won that coin flip, Patty Mahomes marched down the field. That's a touchdown for the Chiefs. Of course, the opposite happens. The Golden Boy goes down, and the Patriots are going to Atlanta. So it's amazing. what, what Basically, a stroke of luck got the Patriots into the Super Bowl, which is a very sort of meta thing to think of, considering what we talked about with Patrick Mahomes winning MVP. But it's definitely Bill Belichick because – I say this. I always say Bill Belichick is more important to Tom Brady than Brady is to the franchise because Tom Brady had missed a season. We remember the Tom. We remember the Matt Castle year. Brady took, Brady hurt his knee, and Belichick <laughs> still. I think I think it's unfair to say Belichick still led him to the playoffs that year. Granted, they were a wild card and, and god awful because they had a woeful quarterback, but they still. He still made him to. The, he still got them to the playoffs and eleven and five, still managing to get them to the Super Bowl. Um, I love Belichick. Brady's great, but I think Br- Brady's sort of untouchable in the sense of he's like he's he's sort of fake. The fact that there's no one else on earth like him. Belichick, there's no one else on earth like him, but in a really weird likable way. But you also see a lot of you also see a lot of basketball coaches as goofy and neurotic as Bill Belichick. Phil Jackson's a great one that comes to mind. The man, you know, was putting Sage in the locker room doing yoga in pregame. Like, everyone has these sort of weird tics. And my my only hope is, you know, I hate... Because I'm I'm a big old-school fan, and seeing Brady break all these Super Bowl records, it it makes me happy, it makes me sad. The one record I want before I die is Belichick passed Don Shula as the winningest coach. Because in today's NFL where Everything is so micromanaged and everything is such a cluster. I hope he passes Don Shula because Don Shula Don Shula was a good coach. But do not tell me that the NFL was better back then than it is now, in terms of just just the level of play. But then again, it is so bad because we move on to twenty nineteen. Does this make you? Does the, the future of the NFL make you so sad of the sort of disparity? from top to bottom. We've talked about it in baseball. It seems like with all these coaching hires, and as you look forward to 2019, the NFL is screwed in terms of just talent and coaching ability.
0: Yeah, and I think that one of the things that you talk about coaching ability is that so many teams, and my team included, was looking to find the next Sean McVay, the next great, young, talented, brilliant offensive coach, and we just saw in the Super Bowl sometimes that that brilliance doesn't always pan out. So it's gonna be very fascinating to see because we saw a lot of big offense this season, but you know, whether it's the Rams, whether it's the Chiefs, you know, now teams are evolving continually offensively. Defenses eventually are gonna catch up to some extent. I think defense more is going to move towards more of a bend but don't break scheme, give up a lot of yards, but remain stout in the red zone and hope hope for field goals and hope that the team misses them. So Hmm. I don't know necessarily if the NFL is screwed. I think the NFL is actually not in a terrible position. But I also will say that I think that people are, and as I am, and I'm not even a Patriots hater, I'm not, but – I do believe people are getting absolutely tired of the Patriots winning now year after year or being in the Super Bowl year after year, especially when they look at a team like this one. It's like, okay, good team, playoff team, really a Super Bowl champion. That's why Bill Belichick deserves all the credit he can get.
1: But right. I also
0: would love to see, you know, a little more. I mean, we got some parity at the top. Kansas City broke through. Los Angeles broke through. Uh, New Orleans had a big season. But would also love the Patriots eventually or at least with a new crop to kinda move forward as uh we head further into twenty
1: nineteen. Exactly. And of course one of the big storylines that we will forever be watching in twenty nineteen is
0: your Green Bay Packers flow
1: because they're back in the news this past few weeks. Several former Packers taking shots at your boy what I'm notable is saying, quote, when Aaron became the man, he was the man, especially in his own eyes. Things just changed. I don't know what to say. I don't want to lie to you. It's hard for me to say this without causing drama. I felt like Aaron was a little bit more on the arrogant side. Flo, some of the ex pack were even saying that Rogers is more arrogant than Far. What do you make of your once beloved? Heroes of the game, bashing your boy in the off season.
0: Well, I think it's one of those things where this A-ha-p- this kind of stuff will happen when you have a disappointing season like we just had. And we have heard similar stuff before. Uh, other former Packers, not necessarily huge fans of Rogers. We, I don't know what to believe. I've heard that before. I we know that Rogers is not like he's just a different. I think there's probably a lot of you know guys that were held over from the far there, and Rogers and Favre just not the same, really at all, in terms of how they play, in terms of background, what have you. And I think a lot of a lot of the older school guys, and like, I'm sure, obviously as well, some former teammates, don't necessarily love Rogers' style. Although you really, I mean, I guess you could say, can you argue with the result? Because it is, quote-unquote, only one Super Bowl championship. But then there's been some inconsistency stuff. Plus, a lot of people view it's always easy to blame a coach as opposed to the quarterback, which is true. It's easier to get rid of a head coach than a franchise quarterback. So it is what it is. We've heard this kind of stuff before. Uh, I don't get way too fired up about it. If players on the same team were saying stuff like that, then that becomes a problem. That's still on the team. But again, this will happen after a tough season. And we'll see how it shapes out going into twenty nineteen. A critical season, new head coach Matt LaFleur and uh hmm. Aaron Rodgers not getting any younger. So the the clock is ticking.
1: That's the big, and that's the big thing that, I, at least not the fans, but I want to ask you is, is this is is Matt Lafleur basically going against the press? You know, we always say coaches go into a good situation, coaches go into a bad situation. Considering he's only what three years older than Rogers, and does he have his work cut out from more so off the field issues, or as the team as a whole?
0: Well, I think with the team as a whole, because first off, in terms of off the field issues, like you're talking about guys at Green Bay. Like, and I've been there, there's not a lot of trouble you can get in in Green Bay unless you're like <laughs> pulling a DUI or you're killing somebody because there's just not a lot going on. It's a fun little town in the sense of, in the context of what it is. I don't know why you would go to Green Bay if unless you're a Packers fan. Beyond that, I don't get. So not to trash the fine people of Brown County and of Green Bay, Wisconsin, but I think the question obviously is on the field. Aaron Rodgers, a brilliant quarterback, but he's not performed, and the offense has not performed, and certainly the team has not performed to the level that a lot of people thought it could. And you saw with injuries on both sides of the ball, the depth that had been one of the key strengths of the Packers in recent years has slipped. So I think the on-field thing, unleashing Aaron Rodgers further, and unleashing some of the talent still on the roster while bringing in new talent, I think that's the real, uh, real key. But you know, we've seen guys like you know concerns about head coaches and their age. Can they really relate to them? I think you can make a case that a younger coach sometimes can relate to his players better. I mean, look at Sean McVay, younger than a lot of guys on the team, and you've sure. never heard any sort of issues, at least to my knowledge, that guys you know, openly just be like, ah, well, you're younger than I am, so you can't tell me what to do. So uh, I don't think that will be an issue. I really hope it will not be an issue because I really want to see this team win for obvious reasons.
1: <laughs> My thing with the Packers is people need to leave them alone because they become one of the most, other than the Patriots themselves, have become one of the most polarizing teams in the NFL for for, for no good reason whatsoever because you get, those, you get those fans that still think it's the Lombardi era, and there's, like, structure and order. It's 2019. Structure and order is in a very diverse sort of methodical way. <laughs> and how things are dealt with, somehow full circle their way back to perfection. You know, nothing, nothing is in a straight, clean line anymore. The, because you, you can point to every Packers season, at least in the last sort of five years, and point to the reason why they didn't win the Super Bowl since they won the Super Bowl. You had Jordy Nelson get hurt. You had Randall Cobb get hurt. You had the offensive line get hurt. You had Rodgers getting hurt. You had coaching turmoil. You had the Bears notching up their defense. Let's, let's really forget, they were wins away from the Super Bowl when they played the Atlanta Falcons. So the, don't tell me that the Packers are not a good franchise, because they are. My thing with Green Bay... And I think Rogers is reaching this peak age where he, he's not he's he does not he you know he does not care. He does not care what anyone thinks. It's it's relaxed to the to, to turn it up to a ten. Turn it up to eleven. He's basically saying, See, say, not not only did you relax, but 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 basic pardon my friend, but calm the fuck down. That you know let me do let me do my thing. They had, they had promise. There were games, as you were saying, because with Rodgers, a full healthy Rodgers, there were games they should have won. The Bears are going to fall into turmoil. The Vikings still stink as long as Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. And that's pretty much it in terms of the uh, the NFC North because Detroit is in shambles. They, control they for the, you know, the next few years, control their own destiny. I, I can't wait. My, my thing is Cliff Kingsbury is more of a laughable coach much like everyone else, than the guy who's coaching the Packers, because we see this—we see this in sports all the time. With a younger coach, baseball happens a lot with the, man, the young manager, um, the NBA as well. Professional sports is not—it's not a rarity. I'm, exci- I'm excited because I, I think a young coach is willing to do more risk, and I think that's what Rodgers wanted to do. Structured offense makes him mad, and he wants to go balls to the wall. And I say, Dan, the torpedoes. You know, let's get off, get off his nuts. You know, get off the pack's nuts. Let's let's wait till September and then we can completely throw shade at him. Um, yes, absolutely. But <laughs> yeah. that, that that does it for NFL. We might have one or two NFL and fan mail, but when we come back, we we basically unload all our grievances on the world, including James Dolan and the New York Knicks. Yes. This is Fanatic Radio, the Millennial Show. More after this. At radio.com. <laughs> Fanatic Radio. Turn it on and rip the knob off. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on
0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days, there's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. Hey, this is my Gardner of uh, Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show, reminding you once again that love is in the air, and how to do so? You gotta go to 1-800flowers.com. Our good friends at 1-800flowers.com continues to offer the great deals that we love so dear, because the season of love now you. You can save 20% on top Valentine gifts for a limited time only. That's right. Trust your rose authority for the best Valentine blooms. I have once done this for Mother's Day, and it proved to be an immediate success. Now Not just for me and my mom. Imagine doing it for the one that you love. Maybe it is your mom. Maybe it's your girlfriend. Maybe it's your boyfriend. Maybe it's that coworker that you have feelings for. Either way, go to uh, 100flowers.com. For our special of the day, which is an exclusive Fanatic Radio offer, save up to 50% for a limited time now. That's right. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, order now, offer available while supplies last. Don't miss the exclusive offer for a limited time only. Two dozen assorted roses and a free vase. That's right. For thirty five ninety nine. That's a steal because Outkast says roses smell bad. But we on Fnatic Radio think that they are good and tis the season because love is in the air. And we love love. We don't like love. We endorse it. Oh, oh so much. Full and eyes. Love life has not been that great. But don't be us. Be a hero. Go to 105.com for more details. Courtesy of your friends here for Fnatic Radio up on game day and put on your team's colors. fanatic radio on blog
0: talk radio
1: and we're back here on fanatic radio my garden ben florence we are the millennial show on blog talk radio also dot 360.com and our social pipes the podcast on itunes we talked some football possibly the last football of the year i'm oh, last, last football until like the summer <laughs> you know Cause that actually, we get the fan mail, and we love fan mail. Do we have a jingle? for We, we need to have a jingle for fan mail. Actually, no, we do. We don't. do. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah
0: we'll,
1: Come on. Yeah, we'll, we'll give a shout. The only, to only we need. uh if you have some fan mail? Please email us. Uh, yeah, tweet at us. But, but until, but, but until then, this has to be the jingle for fan mail. Every yes, reason That's right, and this is how we do it, because we control the mail, and no one else can complain otherwise. So thank you for those who emailed us, messaged us, Facebooked us, LinkedIned us. Don't, no, it's okay, we, we are not on LinkedIn. We, are, we do not represent professionalism. Yes, we do. <laughs> we, we actually represent professionalism more than the hacks of the blog rolls. I'm not going to say yeah. any names, Bleacher Report, SB Nation, but we are ten times better than you. Anyway, uh, the last I'd say we have two we have two football questions of fan mail, and then we are kick we kick the stuff for good mm. until something until something stupid happens. The first one is, of course, Flo. Did you watch the opening weekend of the Alliance of American Football? If so, does the does the league have a bright spot in its future?
0: I would say yes, if you saw, I watched uh, both primetime games, the Saturday night game, the debut slate on CBS, and I also watched uh, the the Sunday night game on NFL Network. Um, I think there was a room for this league as kind of a de facto filler league for the NFL, kind of like what NFL Europe used to be. Uh, I don't know if they want to officially affiliate, but I think that's kind of where they're going or what they're what this league is aiming for as opposed to the xFL um, so I saw it you know obviously the first play that exploded was uh, uh mike Bercovici, uh the quarterback for um san Antonio is he on san Antonio um, no he's oh, not, uh... there's, there's, there's the Orlando Apollos. Yeah, no, no. He was on. Uh, what is this? No, no. Because no. the first game was San in San Antonio, San Antonio against um, yeah, Arizona. No, excuse me, San Diego. He was playing for San Diego. Shows out how uh, much we know. Um, and he just got absolutely lit up. The quarterback did for San Diego, and it really became kind of quick because everybody was like. Yeah, in the NFL, this would have been a penalty uh, three times over, <laughs> maybe in an ejection. Um, the quality of play was not great. I wasn't expecting it to be beautiful football. They they were hoping for high-scoring, spread offenses, a lot of uh, wide-open play. Didn't really get that early on, but that may come in time. Steve Spurrier, of course, Steve Spurrier is coaching the Orlando Apollos, and they blew out. Uh, yep. they're, they're, uh, uh, who were they playing they were playing uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank how they play uh, Orlando blew out their opponent And uh, but I think part of the thing is that some of the receiver play is awful Like there is not a lot of receivers clearly not a lot of quality receivers in in the professional football ranks because some of the guys that are going out there just did not, were not able to catch the ball and it would <laughs> have great, but um, I I am intrigued by the league. I'm usually intrigued by these alternatives. I think this has a sound structure. There's a lot of legit, uh, you know, coaches you've heard people have heard of, uh, whether it's Steve Spurrier, uh, Rick Neuheisel, uh, Mike Martz, Mike Singletary is coaching, which is great. Dan Erickson, <laughs> who's a zillion years old, Mike Riley, a lot of coaches that you've heard, a lot of college guys. Uh, so I think there's a way this league could work. The opening night ratings were actually pretty solid. They actually beat the NBA game uh, in the ratings on ABC. Um, so I'm intrigued for the league. I think uh, I'll definitely keep my eye out, watch it, try to watch as much as I can uh, going forward. So it could be interesting. I don't
1: play devil's advocate. I did not watch any of it because ah. I did not care for it mainly because we know that football is king in, in this country and and need, need i mind the rest of anyone who's listening especially our international listeners it is the only thing that we care about in this country we invented the game and we are the only ones that could that perfected the game it's not like basketball it's not like soccer it's not like baseball it's not a global game but i wouldn't even say baseball is a global game baseball is a pseudo global game it's not basketball. It's not. It's not soccer. Football is us, and it is only us. And anyone who tries to come in and, and defy us, we will we will crush you with the weight of a thousand suns. I think football has such a bad rap in the common in the common person's eyes. Anything from concussions to how selfish the NFL is. To social justice, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, domestic violence, that it's, it's slowly chopping away at the common fan, and the NFL, at least, is returning to those who are the, are the dedicated fans, hence those who actually watched all 60 minutes of the Super Bowl. Adding another NFL, adding another professional league. I will, give, I will give you two sides of the coin. On one side, this is a great chance, knowing that because I have actually worked for a development league in the NBA, shout-out to the Texas Legends, shout-out to the yeah. fam in Frisco. <laughs> that, that is a proving ground for players with the Mavericks that were rehabbing wanting to get back into the NBA and those in college that were good college players that were passed up that want that second chance to get to the pros. I believe this is what this league is going to turn into because there are some names that were good college players at least with a couple of years of a draft class and you know, the undrafted free agents, now they have a place to go instead of oh I don't know contributing to society. Um, so that's a good thing. It's a bad thing because no one cares. I think no one no one get no one cares that this cares that this is a, the bottom feeder league. It's very close to once NFL ends. At least the USFL had that sort of March April May calendar. This is like jumping right into it after the Super Bowl's ended. So it is it is constant flow and everyone who's mad already at football especially those in this part of the country where I live, in New York, upstate that or in the in the up northeast that just love basketball. That is the last thing they want to worry about is more football. So Another thing, I'm watching this game, and of course, I quote, I quote the the, the for from my from my take on football, the all authority the authority man who I who I forever fall back on is the legendary Steve Gardner, the patriarch of the Gardner household, my father. And I asked him. That's immediately the first person I asked when this whole whole shebang. First of all, I forgot that that this past weekend was opening weekend because I thought it was the uh, they were they said they kept advertising it after the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking it's gonna be like the day after the Super Bowl. It was the week after, but I had him, and even my dad was like, it interferes with basketball time. And that's what you know. The man who would watch anything religiously and falls even on the couch did not watch this. He was like, yeah, I watched about five plays, and the the quarterback got like rushed about five times, all rubbing the passer. Of course, it's a no yeah. no rules rule, so I mean, the poor quarterback's just getting slaughtered back there. And they want ratings, but the problem is with football in this country. There's two areas in this. There's two areas in this country that care about it the most. The first one is the South, which love football more than life itself because they are the extensions of the SEC. And the second is the Northeast, ironically where I live, because they they are they are the they are the fans of the gamble. They love more things to bet on. They love more things to cheer for. And they love more pro sports more than college. Even when basketball is so mediocre in in the Northeast. This year, at least. Um, They love more football. Because this is anything to wash away the pain of the Patriots winning. They can just bet on the Orlando Apollos. Or the Phoenix whatevers. Um, I didn't watch it. and Nor will I watch it. Because I don't want more football. I I don't want more football. I just... I just want the NFL to to get better at refereeing. That's literally all I want. I don't. I just, first of all, I just want Drew Brees to win a Super Bowl before I die. But um, but that's but that that's your football. That that is that is football question number one. Football question number two is we love the Pro Bowl. We hate the Pro Bowl. The, this is this is, a, this is a backdated Fanatic Radio question. Flow. Uh, Jamal Adams tackled the Patriots mascot. Was he in the right? Or should there forever be ramifications against just complete lunacy at the Pro Bowl?
0: Um, I mean, you know, I saw a lot of people are fired up about it. I mean, I don't, I have not followed the story closely. So I don't know if he, if Adams pretty outspoken guy has come out with any reasons why he tackled a mascot. I, I don't think it's, you know, I mean, obviously he, um, I had to go to the hospital. That's not cool. But, I mean, again, it was a goofball kind of thing. He said he wasn't trying to injure him. I, I You know, I just, uh, you know, I've was. Just, I not been following, paying close attention to this. So, I, uh, obviously, we don't want anybody to get hurt. But I have a, I have a hard time getting uh, really fired up about this, frankly.
1: Does it make you mad that sort of players have beef and will take it out on just – Mascots? Like have you ever had a beef so bad that you'd want to hit him where it hurts?
0: Uh with a mascot no, because <laughs> I get you know, you got you got beef. I understand that. For for better or oh, for worse. It. But well like, you know taking it out on a mascot, it's just a dude that's defenseless in the uh you know, it's a dude that's defenseless in the um, in the costume. You know, I guess that's not, you know, that's not right. You shouldn't really do that. I don't know if he was – I actually haven't even seen the video. If there is video, there may not be. Who knows? Uh, you shouldn't be – if he was trying to injure him, then that's wrong. If he was trying to be goofy and thought, eh, this could be kind of fun. Eh, you know, all the, the more the merrier, I guess. But, I don't know, just for whatever reason. Maybe I should be more fired up about it than I am, but I'm just not –
1: no, because at the end of the day, it's the Pro Bowl, and we don't care. Because we think we should
0: abolish
1: the Pro Bowl and turn it into something better. Anyway, uh, the fans are on our Who, After everything we've known these past few weeks in the news, who do you think right now is a worse owner? Jerry Jones or James Dolan?
0: Um, I'm going to go with uh, James Dolan. James Dolan is, you know, embarrassing himself with his band. Uh, and he's had really no track record of success with the exception of a few years with the New York Rangers. But he's very hands on with the Knicks, as we know, and that's gone kind of terrible. So mm. Jerry Jones is a goofball. They're both brilliant businessmen, but cable vision sucks. And Jerry yeah. Jones, I mean he's he's, you know, a clown and he has too much influence, but he's a kind of a likable clown. The team has won games, has been to the playoffs. Dolan is really just if not the bottom, really damn close. I'm not an anti-Jerry Jones guy. I think he's a goofball and a clown, but I, I don't. I don't think he is in the category of uh, one James Dolan.
1: Does it make you more happy that the Cowboys are suffering or that the Knicks are sliding oh. into this forever turmoil?
0: Uh, Knicks, absolutely. Because even though I've never been a particularly, big, I've never been much of a Cowboys fan. I don't hate the Cowboys as much as I hate, whether it's my, you know, the Bears or the Vikings or the New York Giants. I um, hate the Knicks, and I really hate Knicks fans because Knicks fans, you know, the Nets are obviously the second NBA team in the New York area. We all know that. But the Nets have had some success in recent years They've, in my lifetime, and I remember finally their two NBA Finals appearances. The Nets have had some success. They're looking like a playoff team this year. Knock on wood. The Knicks are god awful. One of the worst teams in the NBA. Knicks fans carry themselves with a lot of, you know, aura and, you know, they're, you know, a big deal, big fan base, and yet they don't win anything. So they have, they talk a lot of shit, but they have nothing that can back themselves up. So clear for me, absolutely, it's I prefer to see. As much as I love uh, the great Marlon Kraft, who's got new music, got to check him out. Um, yeah, just love to see the next that just wallow and just pitifulness. You
1: know, I think I think in terms of in terms of a bad owner, you know, because that's the thing with the NFL, NFL and the NBA is so different. In the NFL, you have, uh, a few, you have a few games to work with. I think in terms of the man himself, I don't know so much about James Dolan. I can't criticize him. I will say, in terms of the man, it's Jerry Jones. Just because he is such a clown, and he'll never win a Super Bowl because he, he invests his time in something other than the smart right thing to do. He, like, goes with his gut. And, and sometimes that's never a good thing that's 100% your, your like, M.O. And the fact that, that Mofo's buying a yacht... There's no there's no water in Dallas. I don't know where he's stay. I don't know where he's docking this thing. I mean, it ain't going in Lake Louisville. So he immediately he's immediately a clown. He's kept Jason Garrett on forever. You know that's the problem is you kept the guy. He kept the head coach on for so long. Yeah. Past the point you past the point of no return. So it puts Garrett in an awkward situation where he has to backley win the Super Bowl. You know, Dak da, you know, We have only so many few years of Ezekiel. They lost Travis Frederick. Yeah, he's got to restructure the offensive line again. The defense looks bad. Um, with the Knicks, I think the NBA is so easy to mask problems in hopes of, of, of better light tomorrow, more so than the NFL, uh, which is pretty much what the New York Knicks are doing. The sad thing with the Knicks, though, I will say Jerry Jones is the person is a bad owner, but in terms of the team, it's James Dolan because you, I think, because they've been so bad, you have for, you have you're slowly losing the appeal of the New York Knicks, because at least if the Lakers, you know, as bad as they were in the Kobe years, they at least won with the Kobe years. Even when Kobe was dropping eighty one, they got Pau Gasol and they still won NBA titles. And then even after, Kobe was still dropping like 40 games, so they were still appealing to watch. The Knicks are the Knicks are a bunch of nobodies, and that's the thing is I think they're trying so hard to bank on a free agent, which we won't get to because that's not till the summer. But they're trying so hard, they're not making do with what they have. You know, I think they screw, they screwed over Phil Jackson. They. They screwed over Hornacek, you know. They made Porzingis look like an outlier, but granted, the guy was hurt. Uh, and now he's at the maps. So shout to the Mass. Um, and like Fisdale, like no one, like, no one wants. To, they are the equivalent of what the bad NFL teams are. No one wants to coach them, so thus they'll forever stay a bad team. And that's what makes me sad because after all this badness in pro sports. It's not the coaches that do it's not the coaches and players at one point you've got to blame the ownership and I I mean that's the problem is no one has any control over that because it's not like you can fire Dolan because he wants to own the team until he dies practically, but yeah, both 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 franchises, even though the Cowboys made the playoffs, they stink because they they got their hands full. Or maybe they don't because the Eagles will be mess, the Skins will be bad, and no one likes the Giants.
0: Um,
1: sticking with the NBA, after all the trade deadlines blew up in their face, do we, do we look at the Lakers, do we look at LeBron as more or less of a villain after all of this Andy Davis trade debacle? Who ends up the bad guy in this whole situation?
0: Well, I think I, I don't know necessarily if I consider LeBron the bad guy. I mean, for, you do hear the stuff that he's mad and apparently has wanted to get Luke Walton fired, which that's not cool, and that kind of helps solidify the reputation fair or foul of a coach killer. I don't think it's Luke Walton's fault that this team has been a complete mess. And, you know, they, they basically swung and missed at the trade deadline. I think a lot of this is on Magic Johnson. I mean, they brought in, they built this team, knowing it wasn't going to be a permanent fix, but and bringing in a bunch of guys on flexible contracts that they thought can get some kind of trade and bring in somebody. The Anthony Davis stuff didn't work out. Um, the, the Pelicans were mad at, you know, alleged tampering, so they kind of just let the Lakers, you know, just kind of fall apart on their own. Um, but I think a lot of this is on Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson keeps on getting himself into these tampering situations, and it continues to happen. Farrah, you have this whole Ben Simmons thing where he brought this uh, story up about he wants to train Ben Simmons in the off season, and that opens up a whole big deal. And he said he got approval from the Sixers, and Elton Brand, the GM of the Sixers, said he did not. And then Elton Brand apologized for uh, making that claim. But it's just, I don't, I don't think Magic Johnson knows what he's doing. They've been, he's been trying to, you know, goof around and try to get another guy around LeBron, but they weren't able to get anything done. And whether you want to blame the Pelicans or not for not having any interest in dealing
1: Anthony Davis
0: to where he wants to go, which we all believe is Los Angeles, the Lakers specifically. Um, so, I think – I don't know if LeBron necessarily is a villain. We also just saw him come off his first injury, first real injury of his career. Doesn't have a great deal to work with. I think they'll probably will get into the playoffs as, like, an eighth seed, maybe a seventh seed, and we'll see what happens this year. But it's just more about, uh, you know, yeah. the league is – I don't want to say ruined, but it's such a mess because it's so – Uh, strongly uh, star-driven and everybody's trying to build these super teams and who knows uh, how it eventually will shape out but I don't know if LeBron necessarily is a villain because I don't think it's his fault that he's got this team around him Uh, I put a lot of that more on Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson but they're a mess I think they'll get into the playoffs but we shall see going forward
1: yeah we already made the all-star break
0: and we haven't even been yeah. begin to
1: bash the All-Star game. Um, of course, with, with all this and LeBron coming back from injury, he said the other day, because of all his accomplishments and winning a championship and being multiple MVP and whatnot, he has nothing left to prove. If you ownership, does that make you concerned? Or is it sort of a brush-off-the-shoulder brush, brush
0: off the shoulder comment? Um, I think he got to be... I, I think... Again, nobody was really expecting the Lakers to win the championship this season. So, uh, you know, I think with the comments and all that jazz, the situation is obviously not ideal, and we'll see how this team either kind of runs or almost lengths to the finish, whether they get into the playoffs or not. It would be, even with the, you know, say what you want about the team and the LeBron injury, it would be an embarrassment uh, for this team not to make the playoffs at all. Um so there's just a lot on LeBron, per usual, and yeah. the rest of this club to kind of figure things out in a limited time frame. You know, we have this All Star game; we only have like 30 games to go in the regular season, if you yeah. So, time is of the essence.
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think with the LeBron's comments. And that, not knowing that we have had a few weeks to digest this, which is beautiful, but not not I mean not a good thing for the fans, but the beautiful thing for us. It is. It makes me realize uh, if I was Lakers management, I would be quite. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be mad at the King. But I would. I would forever have an eyebrow raised, being like, "Why did we bring you here then?" Because if you're saying if you're a guy. Who's saying I have nothing left to prove? You Im- you immediately downpeg yourself by well, like fifty percent because that that's like that's like saying I show up to work and be like I've done everything I can I have nothing left to do and then something new comes along something challenging comes along and you think well i I've, I've done something better than that so why do I have to do it? You immediately become worse and as LeBron as the so the patriarch of that team, if he's saying that, he is lucky. I will say watching last Lakers game I watched was when they beat the Boston Souths, which, by the way, they should not have beaten. Boston had a game in the bag, but they ended up getting pounded by 20 against the process the next day, a couple of days later. It, it, it goes to show um, Kyle Cruz is the only good player on that team. And shout out to everyone who passed him up because the man was Pac-12 Player of the Year. He was on a Elite 8 team, a Sweet 16 team, and an IT Championship team. So, And was on the Mesa uh, they've, they've Watch List. So thumbs down to NBA execs and GMs for taking Luddite Idiot One and Duns when you have a player that played three years... As they saw, as they as they stud under Larry Kuseviak, Um the last time Utah was good because I, they had, they're not good now. But that that was a good team for about four years. Jake, shout shout out to Jake Poto by the way. No mm. idea why, but he was on that team as well as Lorian, Lorian Wright, Jacob Poto, Kuzman, all on that team, which by the way fell a game away. From beating Duke and advancing to the lead eight to face Gonzaga, which Duke beat as well. Duke team, by the way, which had the uh, Jaleel Okafor, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow,
0: the great Grayson Allen,
1: and the squad that won the national championship (laughs) team. So everyone that passed up Kyle Kuzman, you are a dumbass in my mind. He's the only guy in the Lakers. Tyson Chandler is my boy because he forever has a ring with the Dallas Mavericks, but he's old. I hate Rajon I hate Rajon Rondo because he is a garbage point guard. Good 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 assist maker, but trash on all aspects of the level. And then you got this bunch of Randos, which is classic LeBron team, but I'm watching this game and every time the Celtics went up by about, you know, two, three, four, LeBron would come down and hit a three. And like you should not have that luxury to have someone do that. I want these Lakers teams to not make the playoffs because I want them to suffer. I want them to feel the pain that the rest of the world feels that you failed at something you tried. Which is not a bad thing, but in the NBA, it is a bad thing. So I I, I, incur, I call on the, uh, the teams of the NBA to beat the Lakers, please. Uh, yeah, because they, <laughs> they look bad. We have, we have more All Star co- we have more NBA All Star coverage. Who we think our mid season MVPs are? Um, I believe next week or this week or Thursday's episode of Fanatic Radio because this this is the catch up episode.
0: That's right. Uh, we keep
1: we keep rolling with the fans. Trade deadline talk. Uh, Kyrie Irving. We love him. We hate him. We think uh, the, the the Earth is round because his brain is flat. Does it make you sad that after everything he did with LeBron that he might want to rejo- he might want to join LeBron?
0: Well, I really can't blame anybody for wanting to go back with LeBron. It is playing in L.A. You're playing for the Lakers, even when they suck. Still a marquee franchise. Uh, But, you know, Kyrie Irving, it's funny when he kind of bashed LeBron and he kind of implied that he wanted to have his own team be a leader. And then now he kind of made up with LeBron and talked about how he was wrong. And the whole thing it just you know, it just gives that feeling. I don't like to be necessarily uh cons- conspirational about this stuff. But it's kinda of hard not to. That, you know, going into his off season uh and then he's talking about oh, you know, LeBron was great and I was wrong and they're trying to make up and this and that. So it's a complete mess. And this is just for better or for worse, the State of the league, where you know you have these clusters of stars now, and they're kind of almost holding the league hostage, if you will. So, um, you know, we'll ultimately see. We always hear a lot of smoke signals and a lot of rumors and all kinds of stuff where guys, you think guys are going to go like nobody thought Paul George. I think Paul George as an example. Nobody thought Paul George is actually going to resign. Oklahoma City, but he did. And then look at him now, where he has become kind of even with Russell just having another crazy season. Uh, Bo George is now just killing it. Had a spectacular year in his own right, potentially in the MVP race. So nobody saw that one coming. So maybe that could happen again.
1: I think it's sad because loyalty. We we the thing is we have said this many times on Fanatic Radio. Loyalty is dead. Chivalry is dead. The fact that Kyrie goes on the record to the fans, the season ticket holders, and was like, yeah, I'm going to stay forever or whatever, and then he's like, oh, I want to leave. It's like, you know, we we have to hold these players accountable and make them... We, we have to turn these players into scum and make them feel bad for the actions and the words that come out of their mouth. That's the problem. There's no, there's no ramifications for these people's actions and and what what is you know basically what is life you know and and everything else in terms of loyalty to a team but then again we could be totally overreacting which we are but we still <laughs> keep it saying here on FR <laughs> uh because you could easily Danny Ange could easily convince him to stay
0: mm. and of course
1: final uh final fan mail before we uh head into Thumbs up, thumbs down. We love, we love the Raiders. We hate the Raiders. Is it embarrassing that the Raiders still don't have a home?
0: Yeah, it's a really bad situation, and I think the league is <laughs> – it's, it's, it's <laughs> clearly the, the league can't be happy. Fans can't be happy. The team can't be happy. Obviously, it's not an ideal situation to have to go this long, the temporary um, situation. Uh, the relationship between the, uh, the commission that runs the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, which is where the Raiders have been playing since yes. they moved back from L.A., um, it's gotten real bad, and they're like, you're not playing here this year. Too bad. Sorry, folks. Uh, and so now you hear AT&T Park, which, will leave, which is where the Giants play, although that's now going to be um, like Oracle Park or something like that. They just changed their name again. Yeah. And which is amazing would be where the Oakland Raiders play in San Francisco and the San Francisco 49ers play in Santa Clara, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the the most logical solution I think would be for them to sh- split um, Levi Stadium with the 49ers. I don't think even I don't think the Raiders really want to do it, probably out of pride, but. They can't go to Vegas a year early because they can't play in that college rink a dink stadium that Sam Boyd plays in. That I, I, Some of the parking lot <laughs> are already even paved, I found out. Look yes. was like They may play in Tucson. They, somebody threw around on <laughs> Twitter. They may play <laughs> in Birmingham, which I don't know how that would work. They're going so, to Tempe. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a real mess. they got to figure out something because. You know, it's 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 it should not have gotten to this point. The fact that we're in mid-February when we still don't know where the Raiders are going to play next year—that is not a good thing. So it's a total fiasco, and we really got to get that rectified and soon.
1: It, it brings me so much joy because nothing brings me more more <laughs> happiness than the Raiders failing as a franchise. Uh, because we cannot abolish them from the league, because that would um, uh, that would that would upset the, the balance of NFL. It may it makes me re- this this makes me happy because this is if for everyone that thinks the NFL is doing well. It is not doing well because let me just point out all the bl- other than everything we mentioned on the top half of the show. You know everything from concussions to Kaepernick to the referees to the overdose of flags, to ratings going down. There are still many other things. There is the Los Angeles Chargers, who are slowly losing attendance year by year and slowly losing monetary value, who will forever be known as the San Diego Chargers. There is the <laughs> Super Bowl and the, and the Patriots presence that is still alive and well that is making fans hate the game. And then there is Jerry Jones who's buying a yacht and Dan Snyder buying a yacht, who both look like idiots. Because both teams have not won a Super Bowl in, in forever years, and then there's the and then there's the Raiders, the good old Oakland Raiders, and the Davis, who is the best dress owner in, in pro sports, with a with a long shirt and long sleeve shirt and sweatpants. They it's and even when they go to Vegas, they will still be forever the laughing stock. And it just makes me it just makes me happy because John Gruden is the coach. His, his boy Mayock is the GM. They got rid of every good player on the team, and they're bouncing around like ping pong balls. It, it's just like, you know, God did not
0: want the Raiders to do well.
1: And my thing is, you know, when they they update, what are they gonna do with Mount Davis? That's my thing. Is they built this sort of.
0: <laughs> Flamethrower from the ground at
1: dot uh, co coliseum. Are they gonna ship it with them when they go to Vegas? Are they gonna bring it to it, you know, Oracle Park with or the with the what they call the Giants? It's it's just so laughable. It makes me so happy to see the, it makes me so happy to see a blemish on the NFL because the NFL is not everything. And and, and that's and that's our fan mail. More next week, because we'll we'll save some for the next next time show, but we will have some some preemptive thumbs-up, thumbs-down.
0: You cannot be serious!
1: But it's time for thumbs-up, thumbs-down. As a reminder, we will have a show this week, but this is just a catch-up show. This is everything that has not happened this week, but has happened before. Grant, there's been a lot, because Flo and I have been busy. You have been busy, Flo, I know, because I've been following the news and and everything under under our great our great sun and solar system has happened but i'm sure other than work i'm sure you have more thumbs up thumbs down because i have actually a, i have a laundry list of thumbs up thumbs down but i'm assuming you have more than i do <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to start my thumbs down to ESPN, uh, a classic thumbs down, but because if you're a NASCAR fan that the two of us are, going back however many years this site was uh, alive, J-Ski's Silly Season site, the J-Ski.com, was a seminal source for NASCAR news and information, and, of course, to check out his uh, paint schemes, uh, rumors, all kinds of stuff. It really was the go-to source. And really the last, you know, there were a lot of old-time NASCAR websites. A lot of them went belly up or they merged around and fell apart. But Jayski always was a website that was just so key to NASCAR fandom. And then we get the news that ESPN has shut down the site as they basically kind of continue to wind down their NASCAR coverage. Ricky Craven, who was really the last NASCAR analyst they had, uh, went to Fox Sports. Uh, the great Bob Pacas went to Fox Sports now as well after he got laid off. So shame on ESPN. I understand that NASCAR, you know, is not a property of uh, ESPN anymore. And NASCAR, let's be frank, popularity, the ratings are down and a little worrisome, let's be frank. But we will miss j one of the all-time greats. And, uh, yeah, tremendous website. So uh, thumbs down to ESPN. Just cold and heartless, as always, typical, typical corporation. Thumbs up is going to go uh, to, well, I we'll only have one thumbs up, but only one colleague shout out because I know my colleagues love this, and I love it as well. So my good friend, Nunu Japerizze, uh and I think, actually, I, I'm not confidently pronouncing your last name. I was like, I know how to pronounce your last name. And she was like, you are completely wrong, moron, last, I think last week. So uh, she's one of the cool colleagues I work with, one of the great colleagues I work with. And I always say one of the colleagues that, unlike myself, actually knows what they're doing and is uh, very good. Uh, so yep. we were uh, you know, shooting the breeze last week, Thursday. I was working, going to work on a tape package for a special report. As did mm. as was she, as she does most days. And so, before everybody comes in, we have to be in by ten. You can really roll in by ten thirty. They have the the show meeting at eleven, and we find out our assignment at like eleven fifteen or so. So we were talking about uh, what's going on in the, the Commonwealth of Virginia, which, as everybody knows by now, the the political situation yes. Virginia in Richmond with the governor. Having the blackface uh, slash clan picture in his yearbook. The lieutenant <laughs> governor's now been accused of uh, sexual assault, rape. And one case that it actually also involves Corey McGuinty, because apparently Corey McGuinty at Duke also is alleged to have raped this woman that apparently got raped by the uh, lieutenant governor. Then you got the attorney general uh, who came out and said, Listen, I was in blackface. Uh, in 1980, whatever, dre- dressed up as I think Curtis Blow. Like, what has anybody heard about Curtis Blow? Which yeah. really, uh, <laughs> basketball is our favorite sport. So uh, we were talking with, and I love this period because it gives me this period uh, before we find out our assignment. So you kind of shoot the breeze with my colleagues, and it's you know a way for me to interact without, with them without me asking them for help on how to do my own job. So we were talking mm. with Nunu, who lives in the Commonwealth, and she was like, this Virginia situation is such a disaster, awful story. I hate it. I don't want to cover it today. And, well, she didn't outright say that, but it was obviously implied. And I didn't want to cover that story. Uh, and then, as I <laughs> came around, she was assigned the Virginia piece for Special Report, which was great. And then she, she and I were talking later in the day, and she was like, I really don't want to do this tomorrow. So she was able to kind of worm, well, not worm, but she was able to get out of any chance of doing it the next day because uh, the person, my good friend Anna Olson, who got multiple shout-outs on the show as well, normally does the White House package. Unfortunately, she was sick. And so mm. my good friend Nunu, my other good, everybody's my good friend at Fox. Uh, yeah. New news. As it should be. Uh, slid over to do the White House package, and she was able to make the best out of a less than ideal situation. Obviously, none of us want any of our colleagues to be sick. Uh, I can't speak for you, but I know for most of my colleagues, I don't want that. But then she let I she I, she let out the proverbial side release. Uh, when I uh, walked by her the next day, I'm like, oh, clearly you have uh, good luck in not getting your Favorite story. So let the, let the lesson be uh, to all the folks at home is that sometimes in life things work out and you don't have to cover stories you don't want to. And that's what I got.
1: That's fantastic. Considering all of the stuff that you have endured the past few weeks, God bless Flo. Because he is still alive in his cast of characters and friends. Still do not hate their jobs, they love their jobs because it's guys like you that make the world go round. Alright.
0: <laughs> I have yeah.
1: it's story time with my gardener because I have several Um
0: I will start with thumbs yeah.
1: down because we'll end we'll end this catch up show on a positive note before I just go one eighty um this week on the regular show. I will start with Thumbs Down. Thumbs Down to Major League Baseball for not deciding what they want to do with certain rules. Uh, we'll get to that in the later shows in terms of the rule change. But I'm just keeping the, getting the, getting, uh, poking the, uh, the fire in terms of getting the, the spark started with that. Thumbs Down to Cricket Wireless, which turned in, which was originally great commercials, turned bad because they're fuzzy, stupid characters or whatever, actually talked. And I think as soon as they gave them voices, I hated them from the get-go. So thumbs down to them. Their singing voices are terrible. Um, And nobody uses cricket. Nobody. (laughs) Thumbs down to the Love and Basketball series on ESPN. Now, it's a beautiful series. I give it 99.9% love. On the Mike Gardner scale of music of uh, video reviews, I encourage anyone who has access to it and wants to do it, watch this documentary. All you know, 70 episodes or whatever, because it's a great uh, anthology of the timeline of basketball, in this country, professional basketball, and college as well in this country. Uh, from where we got, from where we were in the 1900s to where we are today. Thumbs down though to an episode featuring David Falk. The uh, the infamous agent of Michael Jordan, who claimed that there are more people playing basketball every day in China than the entire U.S. population, that is thumbs down, and I for we will forever um, put this man in the stockade because I don't care yeah. what his contributions to basketball is, thumbs down and death threats because by his by him saying that. I did some research. I did some mathematical research as soon as you said that. Maybe because I was several uh, several glasses of wine deep, maybe I was sober. We don't know. It's up to you to decide. I did some research and said, okay, if, if there are more people playing basketball in China than the entire U.S. population, there are 330 million in the U.S. If you took that alone and slaps it to the how many billion in China. That means a quarter of China plays basketball every day. Now, I've never been to China. And if you are from <laughs> China, please message us and get a hold of us to, to prove us wrong. But you're telling me a quarter of a country is playing every single day. There's 365 days in a year. Every single day, 330 million people are playing basketball. Now, I have watched documentaries on China. And I know there's a good chunk in Beijing and Shanghai and all the other random cities that no one cares about.
0: But you're telling me 300
1: plus million people are playing the game of basketball every day. God as my witness Smite me tomorrow Because that is not true And David Falk Should be beheaded We are calling a witch hunt On the Nike and the Agent Falk Because that is such a Histrionic Load of shite I have ever heard He's just, Because he's saying that for clickbait so thumbs down, because nobody, because if, if that many people are playing in China every single day, every day, every day, every day do you know what <laughs> everyone does every day? They don't play basketball every day. China would have won the gold medal 10 years ago. Also, thumbs down goes to Capital One, because I saw a commercial yeah. the other day, they are advertising, first of all, I do not use Capital One. I use Chase Bank, the official bank of Every sane person in America, and weirdly Kevin Hart, which I feel kind of disgusted knowing that he's associated with my bank, as well as Serena <laughs> um, and Steph Curry, because I don't, I don't know, I don't want them associated with my bank. And they're good people. Kevin Hart's funny on some on some of his specials, and some Mountain Dew commercials. Uh, Serena Williams is is the greatest about tennis player of all time. But that's it. Not, not because of her platform change, just because of her on the court. And Steph Curry, and, and to quote Charles Barkley, Steph Curry is a good basketball player, not a great basketball player. But yet, they, they, they give my bank. Shout, but shout out to the Property Brothers. They're, they're Chase Bank endorsees as well, so I do endorse the Chase Bank family. Uh, they also sponsor the God, home of James Dolan, who we hate, as we said on the show about 30 minutes ago. Thumbs so down to Capital One because they are pitching this new concept of, of bank cafes. Now, I laugh because I laugh at every company that tries something new because I know they're only going to cue it for the one percent of cities, not only one percent population, but one percent of cities. Because like the New Yorks, the LAs, the Miamis, the Dallases, the Houston's the philadelphias the chicagos of the world because that's so that's the core demographic now if if you put if you put a bank cafe in my neighborhood of purgatory otherwise known as upstate new york i think the whole store would burn to the ground in a matter of minutes because the people that would try to use it would just get mad and they would be confused and the employees that work there would be degenerate hacks because they're not smiling and friendly if they are in major metropolises. They are, yes, you, know, you know, the single moms with tattoos and boyfriends from the baby mamas that live down the street from them, but they don't want to associate with them because they don't want to share the burden of love and affection. Thumbs down to mm. Capital One. Also, thumbs down to Vince Young. We hate you forever. You got another <laughs> DUI. So, ah, jeez. the Great Rasid Walls. a ball don't lie. Now to to end the thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up to Villanova. They are first place in the Big East. We laughed at them. We scoffed at them for losing losing to Furman and losing to Penn. Thumbs up to Jay Wright and squad. They are first place in the Big East, which is amazing because that's all it takes. Just win the conference and you're in. And they're, they're the defending national champions. And they are still first place in the conference. They're on pace to win it. Their NIT, their NIT bid at best because they're going to win the regular season. Marquette is good, though. Um, but thumbs up to Villanova for proving the haters wrong and stuffing a middle finger up the insert this here of all the haters. Thumbs up to the Pope. Thumbs up to Pope Francis. The his, Pope his, his, himself became the first Pope in history to visit the Arabian peninsula now i have been a catholic all my life all of 26 years but the pope has been around for centuries and to tell me that he is the first pontiff ever now we have we have politicians in this country we have people in this country there, we, mm-hmm. have, we have we, we have been Drowned in society of The first woman, the first man of color The first woman of color, the first Asian descent, the first African descent The first Arabian woman, the first Muslim man, the first Muslim woman To do, to score a basket To be in Congress, to Walk the street, to Win this, to do that But never in history Have we ever had a Pope visit The Arabian Peninsula that is, I think that is more important in life. Because, like I said, considering how far back the Pope has gone, it's a big deal. Because everyone thinks Arab, the, the Arabian Peninsula is full of savages and monsters and whatnot because they, they read you know texts from, from a 13th century scroll. It, it's a good thing to know that peace on Earth is somehow making leeway. Because we a certain uh, give and take is being made, it makes me very happy um so thumbs up to the Pope thumbs up to Pope Francis thumbs up to the Grammys, which is words I would never say in my life
0: <laughs>
1: because we hate the Grammys um I did not I watch do. any of it. I did not watch any of it, and of course, last year I went on a rant. I actually watched the Grammys subject to my friend's fiance um hated every minute of it, but Bruno Mars won the, Bruno Mars won Best Record, Best Album, 24-Karat Magic, which we love, which we've endorsed and played many times in the show. Thumbs up goes to the Grammys for getting it right. Uh, record of the Year, This is America by Childish Gambino. Because at the end of the day, it is a good song. It has good beat. It has good instrumentation. It has good flow. as has good lyrics. And that is it. That is all the Grammys judge on. So thumbs up to the recording artist because they did not they did not choose it over its message or its clout. It's a good song. I encourage you to listen to it with the volume turned up to about 20 because it will blow it will it will blow the speakers out of your system. And to quote Ed Baldwin as Donald Trump, it'll make you cream your jeans. It's it's actually a good. <laughs> Music video aside, and all that hackery involved, it is a good song. Shout out to Donald Glover, though. Grammy and, and Emmy. All he needs to do is win an Academy Award, and he's on, on John Legend status. But that's it. Thumbs up to the Grammys just for that. Because I already did my thumbs down, and I will get to that uh, later in the show. And final thumbs up. Final thumbs up goes to... Um, a mix of my subconscious and everyone good in my life, especially you, Flo. Because this was from a few weeks ago when I was I was pretty sick. I was pretty sick, so I was taking my I was taking Nyquil. Shout out to Vix, proud sponsor of Drew Brees and uh, proud sponsor of Nyquil. I had a dream. You know, when, you know when you take those medicines and you go into deep sleep. Um, I had a wha- I had a wacky dream, and I will I will give you the cliff notes because if I need to, I will give you more uh, this coming week. <laughs> Because the beauty of dreams after watching Inception is you don't remember most of it. You only remember a good sliver of it. So I don't know what happened before. I don't know what happened after when I went back to sleep. But the part that I d- downloaded in my cognitive brain was, I was, I, was, at my, I, was at, I was in an auditorium of a gym. I was at my office and went to an auditorium of a gym for some end-of-the-year event thanking, I'm guessing, our volunteers at the track.
0: And the best part about it was you, Ben Florence, was featured in my dream. Uh Now, I don't know why or what. It must have been, because I always
1: look back on crazy dreams I have, and I think to myself, what did I do to deserve this? It must have been some Snapchat thing I watched of you, or some, some Insta story. Which, by the way, Abby Flo, um, Abby Flo uh, follow, him, follow him on Twitter, follow him on the Insta, follow him on everything, the underscore b because his stories are liquid gold. Not as good as Hershey's gold or Velveeta, but liquid gold. But basically, um, I'm at this uh, at the end of your event, and you're you're there with me, and you have in the, and you are yelling at people in because I live because New York. The surrounding towns I live it's Watkins Glen, it's Montour Falls, and it's it's Dundee. Dundee is about nor is a little it's a little north of where I live. And I'm giving and someone is giving shout-outs to all these volunteers or people from this area. And you're standing there with a bullhorn yelling, Dundee sucks and and you're asking me what items can we throw at them and throw on the court. Now I'm wondering, and I'm telling you, well, we'll go after this, I'm wondering
0: why I'm thinking to myself, where did you get a bullhorn from? And why and, and why are you wanting to throw items? Why are you wanting to heckle these people? But then I woke up and realized I don't
1: care because that that's what makes that's what makes you great flow and that's what makes it so great
0: <laughs> because it's
1: this, it's the straight of unpredictability not only of us and of you but just of the people I work with who I hate and loathe because it's snow it's snowing it's sleet it's disgusting weather and the best part today was I was working on a project with a coworker of mine and um. Every time we heard a horn honking or the the sound of like crushed ice being moved, we immediately went to my window to make sure some like truck wasn't gonna flip over. The best is I watched a FedEx truck literally like Jim Connor drift down the hill. And I said to my I was thinking to myself It's very it's very it's just, it's sad that we don't want that we don't want anyone to get hurt from this but I absolutely want someone to crash because nothing no nobody in this town deserves more pain than everyone else that lives in this town. And that'll <laughs> do it for this show. Stay tuned this week. we We will allegedly be back on to cap everything from this week, NBA. play NBA um, all star game. We'll get our store, once once we get off parole, we'll recap why we did not cover the Super Bowl. But until then, uh, continue to listen to us. at is Fanatic Radio, the Millennial Show with Ben Florence. I'm Mike Gardner. We'll be back um, soon if you're listening to the podcast. b 4 60 all our Fanatic Radio, search supplies, blocktechradio.com. Until then, so long, everyone. <laughs>